The reading is from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day, when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. Well, good morning, uh, everybody. It is lovely to be here once again at St. Joseph's. Um, It's just such a shame that I'm currently here on my own. Uh, I'm imagining all of your lovely faces in front of me, uh, but it's wonderful uh, to be back here at St. Joseph's with you guys in Newcastle. Um, For those of you, Jesus is calling, when you cross the lake in faith, transformation uh, will follow. Uh, and that's what Jesus did on the far side of the lake. Uh, he was able to, uh, to, um, uh, to cure and transform the demon-possessed man's life. Uh, Revive's uh, mission is one of, of transformation. We're here to restore lives and renew hope. And I'd just like to quickly tell you a few of those uh, transformational stories uh, that we have uh, had over the years. And so you'll see this photo just down here. This is actually taken uh, by Rosie Bambury uh, when she was with us. Uh, many years ago, and it was one of the very very first photos uh, taken of uh, the girls at Revive. And the girl on the left uh, jumping, uh, her name is Milena. And here she is again. And now here, these were the first uh, three girls to arrive at Revive. This was back in 2015, no, 2014, sorry. And Milena's uh, here in the middle. And Milena, she came to Revive. Uh, she was 15 at the time. She came uh, because she had, uh, was, had a horrific family situation. And she spent just under a year with us uh, before she was able uh, to go back uh, to a family member and went on to, to live her life. Uh, we kept in touch for a little bit, and then she moved uh, down south in Brazil to a place called Rio de Janeiro. And just last year, I I found myself down in Rio. I was preaching at a church, and I hadn't seen Milena for for, for six years, but she found out uh, that I was preaching at this church, and she walked in uh, to to this church back in Rio, and this is the photo of us after the service. And it's wonderful to see her again, and she said to me, she said, Andy, revive saved my life. If it wasn't for revive, I would be dead. Um, And she told me how she was now studying to be a dentist, and she was a manager of a local bar. It's wonderful to see how God is able uh, to transform our lives. Uh, just another quick one. Uh, these are, this is another photo of some of the, uh, the girls from Revive. This was back in 2015. 
And let me just quickly tell you the story of Joycey, who is the second in from, from the left in the, in, in, in the black t-shirt, and then her sister at the very far uh, uh, right, um, uh, Ania, in the red t-shirt. And these are two sisters who came uh, to revive again from a very, very broken uh, background, horrific abuse from the hands of their mother. Uh, they lived at Revive uh, for over four years until they were able to go back and live with their grandparents. Um, now they are now back at Revive, uh, but this time they're not back as vulnerable, abused children. Uh, they're both back uh, as employees of Revive. And so Joycey on the left, she is one of the new educators of the new one of our new homes, and Ania, uh, she's a, an office assistant. And so it's great to see how God is able to transform uh, lives. And just like Jesus commissioned that local man to speak to his local people, it's amazing to see how Joycey and Ania are able to speak to their local people, not just because they are Brazilians, but because they've been through exactly what these other girls have been through at Revive. They're perhaps one of the only people who can say that we know exactly what it's like to be where you are today. But if look what God can do of this act of transformation in these girls' lives. So that's what we uh, try to do at Revive. But actually, uh, the mission of restoring lives and renewing hope is the church's uh, mission. Our mission is one of transformation. So I wonder how you are involved in restoring lives and renewing hope uh, here in Benwell. So crossing the lake, it is a calling, uh, it is transformational, uh, but it is also uh, scary. Uh, and in the story soon after, you know, Jesus and his disciples set out across uh, the lake. Their boat was hit by a massive storm, and it was pretty scary. The disciples, they feared for, uh, for their life. And actually following Jesus and stepping out in faith and mission and, and all the stuff that we do in Brazil, it is pretty scary sometimes. There will be tough times. And quite often when I'm in, uh, a, 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 you know, in the middle of a, a, a tough storm and we're in one at the moment with, with, with COVID, quite often I, I feel like uh, this lady uh, here. Uh, I feel like, uh, I, like I'm stranded in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And this lady here, she is uh, trying to become the first, uh, Can or first woman, she's Canadian, but she's trying to become the very first woman to row single-handedly across the Atlantic Ocean. And so she is going uh, from the Canary Islands uh, down in Spain, and she's going to row all the way over uh, to, to the Canadian coastline across the Atlantic Ocean. It's a voyage of over four months and about two months into this voyage, she is complete. She's hit by a massive Atlantic storm and she loses nearly everything. She loses her anchor. She loses her GPS stuff. She loses all of her food and she does the only thing that she can do and she sends out a mayday call. She says, mayday, mayday, someone please come and help me. But I'm pretty sure that she would never have imagined which vessel would have responded to that mayday call. And perhaps you as well feel like me, uh, that you are just like this Canadian woman. But, the, old, but the, the vessel that actually responded to her mayday call just happened to be uh, the Queen Mary II cruise liner. Now, the Queen Mary II cruise liner, as you, I'm sure you know, is one of the most luxurious 
cruise liners ever built. And they were in on the middle of, of a cruise from Southampton to New York, and they were the closest vessel. And they hear this Mayday call over uh, the radio, and they divert course uh, to go and meet this Canadian uh, canoeer. And if you just put yourself in, the, in, in her shoes, uh, she's in that canoe surrounded by the Atlantic Ocean, and then suddenly she sees a speck appearing on the horizon. And that speck, that dot, gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then suddenly she realizes it's the Queen Mary 2 cruise liner and they, they come in and they, they circle her a few times to try and calm uh, the, the, the waves and they give her everything that she needs. Uh, they give her top-of-the-range sea anchors, they give her all this GPS stuff, they give her all the food that she needs, but because it's the Queen Mary 2, she gets all this luxury stuff as well, stuff that she doesn't even need. She gets pillows and chocolates and teas and cakes, all of that kind of stuff. And just to top it off, the captain announces to all of the passengers um, about what this lady is trying to do, and the passengers line the decks of the Queen Mary 2, and they're giving her the three cheers, they're cheering her on, and after all of that, they sail off. And she's left once again on her own in the middle of the, of the Atlantic Ocean. But what a morale-boosting feeling that must have been uh, for her. And I think, I think, you know, quite often, like I said, I feel like the Canadian woman stranded in the middle of a storm. But I think sometimes we just need to realize that we have a Queen Mary two-size God who is just ready and willing uh, to come and to help us in the middle of those storms. And so I don't know whether you needed to hear that today, um, but we just need to remember that our God is bigger than any of the storms around us. So crossing the lake, it is a, a calling, it is transformational, it is scary, and then finally, uh, it is also a pioneering. Because to cross the lake is to be a pioneer. You are going where perhaps no one has gone before. And that is what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples, that his mission of salvation on earth was, was bigger than they perhaps expected. It also included the Gentiles, not just the Jews. And so he was pioneering over to the other side of the lake. And we've been pioneers in Brazil for a long time. That's what happened when, when we opened the first house for the girls. And we could have stopped. We could have thought, well, God, that was it. You told us to open up uh, a house for the girls, and, and, and we've done that, um, and, and, and we can now stop. But God always wants us to go further, to go beyond, to keep on going, to, to prod us further, to propel us onwards in his mission, to be pioneers uh, once again. And for many, for the past few years now, God has been prodding us with the question about, well, what does it, what is it that a child really needs? What is a child's greatest need? And of course, we would always say that a child's greatest need, uh, it is a family. And we're about to open up a new home. Uh, we're being pioneer, pioneers again, and this time for, for babies and for very young children. But God is, has never let us forget about what it is that a child really needs. And of course, it is a family. And, and, and we know that. And, and that's the reason why we, we try and get children back into, into families. And there's just uh, these three sisters here who, uh, who were at Revive uh, for, 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 for a time. And then they were adopted by a local Christian family from the local church. And adoption is not easy. It's, 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 it's 
it's, you know, people do not realize how tough it is. Uh, but thanks to the support of, of the Revive team, um, they've really uh, um, uh, blossomed uh, through that adoption experience. And they are now in a safe uh, family. But what about the other girls and the other children in these safe homes? They're still waiting for a family. What can we do for them? And God has been really prodding us with this question. And his word actually agrees uh, with us about this family. And in Psalm 68, verses 5 to 6, it says this. Father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. He places the lonely into families, not into care homes. Because what a child really needs is a family. They do not need a safe house. They need a safe home. They do not need an institution. They need a family. And so once again, Revive is going to be a pioneer. And we are pioneering the very, very first fostering service in our city of Olinda. Now, to us, in this country, fostering is, 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 is so normal. Everybody does it. But where we live in Brazil, it is actually illegal. There are no fostering services. It is illegal. And so we've been working with the local government uh, to, change, to, to, to create a fostering law so that we can run this service. And we've been engaging with the local churches to show them how adoption and fostering are at the heart of our faith. We believe that God has adopted us into his family. And so adoption is at the heart of the Christian faith. And so we are opening up a new home uh, for babies and for young children because there is a great need for that. But our long-term vision is to one day close our homes. Not because there aren't any more children uh, being abused where we live and needing to come into care. I'm afraid that will not happen this side of heaven. But all of these children who need to be brought into care are being placed into families rather than into care homes. And that these families are coming from the local churches because the church has really understood its role in adoption and fostering. And so imagine, if you will, in Orlinda, all of the children's homes closing down because Christian families from the local churches have stepped up and said, we will put Psalm 68 into action and we will open up our homes so that every child who needs to be placed into care can be placed into a family rather than into an institution. So crossing the lake, it is pioneering as well. I wonder what it is that God is propelling and prodding you to do here in Benwell. Let's not get comfortable. Let God propel us onwards for his glory and in his mission. So, Crossing the lake, it is a calling, it is transformational, it is scary, and it is pioneering. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much uh, for everything that you have done for us. We thank you for how you call us to be involved in your mission. We thank you for the gifts and the skills that you've given each and every one of us. And we just pray, Lord, that you will give us those Popeye moments and show us where it is that you're calling us to get involved in. We thank you for your mission of transformation and we thank you that you are transforming us to be more like you. And we just pray, Lord, that you will use us to be agents of transformation here in this community. We thank you, Lord, that you promised always to be with us, even when it does get scary and tough. And we just place our trust in you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are always propelling us onwards. Help us to be pioneers, Lord, creatively and imaginatively thinking of new ways to reach more and more people 
uh, with your love, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So just a, a quick uh, thing to end with, everybody, we just need to say a very big thank you to all of you at St. Joseph's for how you've supported and prayed for us over the years. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to know more about our work with CMS and with Revive, then I'm sure there are links available um, that you can find out more about us uh, through the internet. Um, but we're now going to, uh, to sing our final song together, a wonderful missionary uh, hymn uh, called Facing a Task Unfinished. Thank you very much. <laughs>